Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the show. The critics around the world are saying, wow, this is really a tough listen. <laughs> because it's so good, right? Is that the whole... <clears throat> Excuse me, I gotta clear my old <clears throat> flummy throat. Right as I started, I was like, okay, this is all phlegm. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Uh, anyways, welcome back. You guys made it another week. We did it. <laughs> Happy Friday. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Um, and that's the show for the week. Thanks. Thanks for checking it out. Uh, no, we'll start with, um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, including the uh, review of Doctor Strange, which I saw last night. Might also be why my throat's a little groggy. Staying up late, and I'm an old man, you know what I mean? It's just these things happen. Uh, but uh, first off, let's start with some TV reviews. Watched a lot of good TV, and not so good TV. Um, the show that I'm really looking forward to that comes out today is Bosch Legacy. So it's the new reincarnation of Bosch. Um, it's funny, when they quote-unquote canceled or ended it on Amazon Prime, I was like, what? This seems weird. It seems weird to do... To one of your highest rated shows, but they're trying to launch their other like streaming sub channel on Amazon Prime called Free V, which used to be IMDb TV. Did you guys all just fall asleep? Um, but anyways, that channel is what has it. So they dropped four episodes today. So I'm looking forward to kind of jumping into those this weekend for sure. Um, have missed Mr. Bosch. I've been reading the books too, and those are awesome. Uh, so check those out. But uh, as far as other stuff for TV, I watched the first 15 minutes of Pentaveret, Mike Myers' new show, and I liked it. I just had to go see, not had to, but I wanted to go see Doctor Strange, so I had to jump out after the first 15 minutes. But it was good. Um, seems solid so far. So check that out. Also, Guilty Pleasure, uh, Selling Sunset. I've, I'm up to date on all the episodes except for the last episode of this season, but we've been binging that this week, and I love it. You know, do you guys watch this show? And what is it that you like about it when you're watching it? I mean, to me, it's like a whole different world that I would never be a part of, these multi-billion, million-dollar house listings. And so that, to me, is is fascinating. And seeing how these people conduct themselves, a lot of it's just trashy drama, of course, and hyped up big time because it's a TV show. But you get that. And like some of the people you're like, why is this person not fired from their agency yet? And it's like, oh, because she's probably one of the biggest draws of the TV show. Because you're wondering, it's like that Howard Stern effect. If you're wondering what he or she is going to say next. That's why people keep tuning in to check it out. So there you go with that. I actually can recommend that show. It's a good reality show. Um, good, bad. It's a, it's a not good, good show. Um... Outer Range, that's this Josh Brolin sci-fi one where it's uh, it's like Yellowstone, only this big, in one of the fields, there's this big circle that if you jump in, leads into an alternate universe, and maybe there's some time travel that can happen there. It's not fully fleshed out, but I'm wondering, you know, they've been dropping two episodes a week, and I'm wondering if the show's not doing so hot because they just dropped four episodes today, so if they're just like, yeah, just give them all of it, ratings are bad. Or maybe not. Maybe that's not what it is at, at all. But um, I know for me, I'm like, wow, I wish they could use more, you know, jump back more into that other world. They're kind of just always skirting around it. Um, at least it kind of feels like that. So we'll see. Um, 
that's always the tough thing of like, do I stick through it for the whole, you know, eight to 10 to 12 episodes just to be like, eh, nah, not that good. But uh, I probably will anyways. All right. So this is the big one I wanted to talk about. Ozark. The Ozark show ended. That's what they call it. The Ozark show. I uh, know. Ozark ended. That's with Jason Bateman, uh, Laura Linney. And I got to tell you, I was really bummed out by this ending. You're ending an entire TV show, so there's a lot of pressure on you to wrap up everything that you've built, you know, your world, um, all these main characters. And this is heavy, heavy spoiler alert, just so you know. Big spoiler on this one. They, for me, what I think would have been a satisfying ending is, well, first off, let me tell you what did happen. So the family, it looks like they're getting away with it. They go to their backyard and they see this detective, plainclothes detective that's been working on the case, trying to get them busted. And he says that he has enough evidence to do so. Um, and he's talking to actually just uh, Bateman and Lenny, the parents of the show. And then all of a sudden their kids come with a shotgun. The son's got a shotgun and he lifts it up. You don't see who he's pointing it at. And then the entire show cuts to black, and then you hear a gunshot. Now, the fading or the cutting to black, I think, is a direct homage to Sopranos, because that's how they did it notoriously, and people were upset. And I think people will be upset at this one, too, or are. I've seen a couple reviews where people are, um, or comments, rather, that people are, are upset about it. Because you hear the gunshot, and you don't know who he shot. Was it the son sticking up for his family and his parents and shooting the detective, which a lot of people say is the case, or is it that he shot his parents? They weren't getting along totally this season. Um, And that could have been too, but honestly, just a shot, even if it was him getting the detective, just a shot of him shooting the detective and then going to black would be fine. You don't have to explain or them trying to get rid of the body. You just know like, okay, the son's totally crossed over, but this is just so ambiguous, and sometimes I like that. But on this show, I don't. Th- I think they could have used a, a more clear ending. But I think it's because they're keeping it open, the possibilities of another season, right? But so I give the Ozark last season a not yet. From there, let's do a little entertainment news. Uh, came out on Monday. Bill Murray finally addressed over the weekend the production shutdown and the comments against him um, about a complaint that was filed against him and that shut down the production of his movie, uh, which was Being Mortal is the name of the movie. So he addressed it, and he said at the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Shareholder Meeting in Omaha, Nebraska, um, he told CNBC that... Uh, he had a difference of opinion with a woman on the set of being mortal and that he was optimistic and the woman of course he didn't say so that caused tons of speculation on the internet who's the actress but he said that uh he's optimistic that him and this actress would be able to make peace he said we had a difference of opinion i had a difference of opinion with a woman i'm working with i did something i thought was funny and it wasn't taken that way the company, the movie studio, wanted to do the right thing, so they wanted to check it all out and investigate it, and so they stopped the production. But as of now, we're talking and we're trying to make peace with each other. All right. So that's not the first time I've heard about that. Like 
I think he had an issue with Lucy Liu on Charlie's Angels as well. Um, you can fact check me on that, but I think he's got a history of not getting along with other actors, actors. So, yeah, it kind of sucks, you know, when you keep finding out more about your favorite celebrities or actors, actresses. You know, they say never meet your heroes, and this is probably one of the guys I wouldn't want to meet, unfortunately. But some people have said he's really nice too, so. So who knows? Uh, and this is obviously, this is entertainment news. Um, though it's not entertaining to see your heroes do bad things. But what is entertaining and could be entertaining is the new Quantum Leap reboot. So NBC's announced this week that it's picking up that reboot for a series order um, due to the strength of its pilot. So there you go. Its first episode did pretty well. So it's going to have... Raymond Lee, it's going to have Ernie Hudson, Caitlin Bissett, Mason Park, and yeah. But it's not clear if uh, Scott Bakula is going to be um, jumping in, which would be sweet if he made an appearance, and it would totally make sense in the show. This was one of my all-time favorite shows. And he did. The way they ended it was that he never returned home. Um yeah, the show was so weird and creepy to me. That's why I always liked it when I was a kid. And it ha- it has elements of that show in outer range, too, which is what keeps me watching. Like, finding out... They just give you a little bit of the world each week, which keeps you coming back for more. Um, so there you go with that. Uh, also announced this week was uh, some interesting news. I had never heard this before. But, li- you know, people love talking about you know, roles that could have been. So roles in movies that you're used to seeing, like, you know, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones, but who were the actors that could have been that character and that got close to playing that character? That's always fascinated me, too. You know, the big ones, obviously, Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly that they shot multiple weeks and then had to can it because apparently they just weren't liking the way it was testing and the way he was coming off in his character as Marty McFly. But... uh, they said this week that uh, the Coen brothers for No Country for Old Men, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. That's got to be, I think that will be always in my top five. So good. And it's just poetry, some of the writing. Am I going too far? Um, but yeah, so apparently the main role of Llewellyn Moss, who's played by Josh Brolin, another little outer range connection there, I was originally going to be Heath Ledger. But uh, Heath dropped out last minute because he said that he wanted a break. So there you go. I'd never heard that one before. I, what I had heard was that Josh Brolin, to get the part of No Country for Old Men, he at the time was working on the Grindhouse movie and uh, Planet Terror. And so he had Rodriguez and Tarantino shoot his audition tape for the Coens. Like I got to tell you, that is a... Uh, that's a pretty heavy-duty audition tape. That's got to get you the job, right? Um, Pentaveret, I was talking to you earlier about that. I like what I've seen so far. Um, he's been doing a lot of press, Mike Myers, and um, he was talking about uh, a little bit about the show and also came out, this was kind of interesting. I love the, anytime someone from SNL comes out and is talking, they'll talk about Lauren Michaels. And, uh, and Mike Myers this week said some of the strangest stories. He was saying that... Um, Lauren Michaels wanted him to star in a remake of The Graduate. And uh, 
and he said that he pitched him the idea. He said, I want you to do a remake of The Graduate. And he said, I don't think that's a good idea. And uh, Lauren was obviously, I don't know, maybe offended. And he said, I just offered you an effing movie. Um, but Mike Myers doubled down, said that it doesn't need to be remade. So, yeah, that's great for sticking to his guns on that. And also, he dropped that Michaels was against using Bohemian Rhapsody for Wayne's World, which, wow. You know, knowing now, too, that that's one of the most iconic scenes, that would have been crazy if they did a different song. I guess he wanted a Guns N' Roses song. <laughs> that would not have been the same. But, you know, it's funny. Guns N' Roses, I think, will never, never die because they used that song on, uh, or used a song for the trailer for the new Thor. So... Will always be there. All right, and now the review of Doctor Strange will come soon. I do that bit again. <laughs> If you listen to the last couple of weeks, I've uh, been on a tear of teasing stuff until the very end. Um, will I leave this one to the very end? Stay tuned. Uh, or not. Everyone's just like, nah, not interested. <laughs> uh, let's start with some, uh, let's do some random, random news, random news of the week. Um, so I'm not saying that you should do this, but this has honestly been a legit fantasy that I've had while being on flights. I travel a bunch for work, so I'm constantly on airplanes. And this is something that I've thought about. Authorities on May 5th said they arrested a passenger at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago after he opened the emergency exit on a flight that just landed. And then he walked onto the wing and slid to the ground. <laughs> is that wrong? I mean, the plane was landed. Uh, Chicago police said the man was on a United Airlines flight that had arrived from San Diego and it was taxing before dawn Thursday when the man left his seat and opened the plane's emergency door. In his defense, how long was he waiting on the tarmac? Because sometimes that can be ridiculous. I remember it's so great. They always make a big deal about when you arrive early. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. We have arrived 40 minutes early. But then you sit on the the tarmac for four hours. (laughs) And they're like, hope you enjoyed your early flight. Um, But yeah. I mean, at least I think they said that the plane arrived at the gate and then all the passengers deplaned safely. So it doesn't look like anyone else took off after him too. That would have been my kind of worry is that everyone would have followed suit. But I guess not. And I feel like if he did it while it was taking off, that would be... That would be crazy. That's some Tom Cruise stuff right there. Can't believe he actually did that for one of the Mission Impossibles. That guy's nuts. Um, but yeah, so that incident came just a few weeks after another man who is not a passenger climbed onto the wing of an airplane at Chicago's Midway Airport. But the difference on that one is that this guy from a few weeks ago was naked. This is also another fantasy that I've had going on every air airplane naked um all right moving on Uh, an unusual piece of property in utah's airport lost and was found um this past week and it was a very interesting thing listen and i get this we all need a friend i've all been there 
Uh, we've all been there. Um, but so a piece of property was returned after a year when a woman recognized her taxidermy rat in a TV news report. Uh, Supervisor Brett Christensen of the Lost and Found at Salt Lake City said the taxidermy rat was one of the most unusual items he had come across, and his workers had dubbed the rat Stuart and adopted it as an official mascot. We started getting hats for him. He got a cowboy hat, and then they did a report of that on TV on the unusual items of the Lost and Found, and that came to the attention of Carrie Polson's husband. My husband called and said, you're not going to believe it. You know that rat that you've been mourning? Uh, well, there you go. And so she was able to get it. Um, she said that she was delighted to finally have the stuffed rat back, and she said that uh, the lost and found staff kept it in good condition. Well, yeah. You're really surprised that it was kept in good condition? It's not like these people are playing catch with it. At least I hope not. Maybe they are. Or using it as a prank and putting it in people's cereal. I just know no one would want to touch it, I feel like. I wouldn't want to touch that. Um, immediately I thought of the... There was, I'm, I'm re-watching the old episodes of Jackass, and there was an episode where they try to stuff an old lady, and they go into taxidermy and try to convince the taxidermist to stuff this grandma. And they're like, okay, they agree to it. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> oh, please, please, when I go, do not stuff me. That's all I ask. From there, let's do a little bit of comic books. Some comic books for this week to check out. These are uh, my favorite ones that uh, that I've loved. Um, and big news too: comic book free comic book days this weekend. So if you're not a comic book nerd and you kind of want to dip your toes into it, get some free ones at Free Comic Book Day. And it's a good way to experience all the local comic book culture and all that. Um, I love I love the source comic and games in uh, comics and games here in. Uh, in Minnesota, but I do like, you know, my favorite store is the Comics Factory in Pasadena. So definitely check that one out. They have a great atmosphere and great environment. And I love that show. Or sorry, I love that show. I love that store. Um, and I've been with them for years. And so I have a poll list with them. Nerd alert. So that means they just pull the comic books that I want every week. And so on Free Comic Book Day, even though I'm not going to be there in Pasadena, they still gave me a stack of free comic books. I just got that email and I was like, what? This is amazing. So love that place. Check out Comics Factory in Pasadena. Um, but this week, a lot of good stuff. Batman, of course, number 123, still going strong. Firepower by Robert Kirkman from Walking Dead fame is a great series. It's 20 issues in. But do yourself a favor and check this out because I feel like this could be a TV show as well. Maybe it is, and and uh, uh, but just a great long running series. He's known for doing some some good ones that have legs, and this is definitely one of those. Uh, Monkey Meat I've been loving. Uh, Monkey Prince from DC is a uh, number four issue number four this week. So that's another great series. 
that's kicking butt. Uh, Willy's Wonderland, that's the horror movie, and this uh, this is a prequel to that. So it's definitely worth checking out. Flashpoint Beyond from DC, number one. The zero, number zero issue that came out before was so good, so jam-packed. A lot of people have been saying, like, that could have been the number one. Um, but still strong right out of the gate, and this one is super jam-packed as well. So definitely check out those issues. Um, and uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We have... Uh, Task Force Z, number seven, Suicide Squad, number 15. Um, and also, if you have a um, a, th- a thirst for vengeance yourself, you should check out The Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. That's Rick Remender, who Rick Remender is so good. Um, but this is his uh, revenge tale that is so solid and just keeps getting better week after week. So definitely check out those. So there you go. That's a lot to check out. And it's free comic book day. So you really can't miss. the moment you've all been waiting for dr strange and the multiverse of madness will be reviewed in the final segment of the week (laughs) it's the worst bit and i do it every week and i'm sorry i'm really sorry (laughs) uh let's do um let's do uh what should we do should we just hang out let's just talk uh let's talk um advice Advice of the week. If you have any advice, questions, or comments, feel free to reach out at notgoodwithmat at gmail.com. That is notgoodwithmat at gmail.com. First one, uh, a brother feels blindsided by his wife, or actually feels blindsided by the wife they warned him about. So that makes sense? Probably not. A brother's getting divorced, okay, and he keeps saying that he was blindsided by his wife, but his family had all apparently warned him a ton before and uh and we're actually vocal about it apparently allegedly we're like nah this person this person's doo-doo be warned and he didn't take the warning and that's on him then i feel like they can totally remind him of that and should all the time <laughs> no i mean obviously he's going through a tough time you don't want to pile it on so much but i think it's okay to at least point out that you guys did try to warn him if that is the case um that's always a tough thing like when you see that with a friend that they're dating somebody that you think might not be the best for them you you can give them good nudges but you don't want to push them so far that they're then so turned off from you uh and want to end your friendship but you know that is the point of a good friend too I think is to let them know if there are kind of any warning signs. Uh, Next one, someone wanted to know how do I kindly end a long friendship? So basically it's a friendship that was, uh, was really strong and really good. And then is just kind of due to COVID and everything else has kind of 
faded away and they don't have as much in common. This happens a lot because you're constantly changing and evolving as a person. So the person who you are now isn't the person you were seven years ago. And that just happens. Um, so I think the way to do it is with kindness and just, you know, tell them in a soft voice, like ASMR soft, and just be like, you suck as a friend. You suck. But just say it in a soft voice. As long as it's soft, I feel like that'll do the trick. It's like when people are like, uh, listen, no offense. Um, and then they say the most offensive thing ever. No offense, but you're a fatty, fat, fat. Okay. Cool. That's offensive to me. Um, all right. Oh, another person writes in. I love this one because I do feel the same way. What's the point of regret, they wonder, when the past can't change? Someone wants to know what the point of regret is when it kind of keeps you tied to a past you cannot change. That is super wise. Um, and something that I feel like I definitely needed to know earlier than I did learn it, I think. Because it's so easy to... Um, and I'm getting kind of serious, so I'm sorry. Maybe I'll make some fart noises later. <laughs> but I think, like, you know, it's easy to get locked into something you've done or, like, maybe you messed up with somebody when you're talking to them and your voice squeaks. I know that's me every day. And you're like, God, that could have been better. That conversation could have gone at least semi-good, and it didn't. Um, and I used to always dwell on that stuff. But then when I realized, like, ah, I can't change that, and I think probably my parents maybe said that too when I was younger. And it really helped. And it was like, you know, you, you go for it your best. And then you can't change it. You got to just keep moving forward. So the, I feel like that's a true game changer for how you feel about everyday interactions. All right, and finally, let's get to some movie reviews and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, Marvel, DC, you know I've, how I kind of stand on that. I love them both. I truly do. I like DC more. But I do love Marvel, and I love the pairing of Sam Raimi on this. He's the director of the new Doctor Strange. And Sam Raimi, of course, Evil Dead fame. And I've saw, I saw some reviews, too, about Doctor Strange coming out that this is you know, the most like a horror movie that a Marvel movie has been. And I agree with that. There's some really good suspense and good shocks and some jump scares, which is kind of a cheap scare. But still, there's a lot of good horror elements in this movie, which is what really makes me love and like it. Um, some of the early reviews that I saw of this, including one, and it was like a big publication too, but that was saying that... Uh, um, their big gripe about the movie was that they're like, oh, it feels like you have to watch a lot of the other movies and TV shows to fully grasp it. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, no dare. You know what I mean? Like, of course, that's with any movie. You're not going to go see Lethal Weapon 3 before you see Lethal Weapon 1. Um, and you can, and that's fine. 
but like you might be a little confused on certain things, but normally, you know, if it's a good movie, you can kind of just jump in anywhere. And I feel like you could with that too, with this one. Um, the audience that I saw it with last night did not like it. I can tell you that they weren't, it's not the usual kind of nonstop action. I feel like of Marvel movies. I feel like this one too was kind of, there was some lulls and also I, I personally would have liked more universes. Like if you jumped into different universes more, they had a few of them, but like, I was like, Oh, there's so many more you could go into. Uh, there is one, of course you do. This is a big spoiler, but you see, um, Charles Xavier, um, you see him, you see, uh, Krasinski, John Krasinski as one of the fantastic four. So that's cool. And then you just see them all get slaughtered, which is very shocking. Um, Spoiler, like I said. But uh, yeah, really good movie. Um, I liked it, personally. And uh, yeah, do your homework. I mean, that's the least you can do. Just watch a couple of movies and TV shows. It's Because it's WandaVision. I don't, I don't know if this reviewer had seen WandaVision before. But, uh, but yeah, definitely check that out. Um, I give Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness a good. Good or not good? Good. But I can't say that about all the movies I saw this week. I did see a bunch. Um, I also saw Lost City, which was uh, Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, and Channing Tates. That's what I call Channing Tatum. All taters. Um, and he it was great in the movie. And it actually was one of those ones I was like, ah, this is going to be a total rom-com. But it's kind of a dark rom-com and is pretty brutal in some moments. And I'm like, oh, okay, this I actually loved. I thought it was a great movie. I give that one a good as well. So check out that. Sandra Bullock killed it again as per usual. And Brad Pitt's cameo is, yeah, is awesome as well. So Lost City, that's a good. Um, Memory, this is the new Liam Nielsen movie. Nielsen. Nelson. The new Liam Nelson movie. Uh, what can I say about this? Memory. I wish I could not remember this movie because it's awful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, really, really tough, tough to watch. <laughs> there's times when it's, it's pretty good action movie, but it's just, there's so much cheese in this unintentional cheese. And, uh, yeah, I feel like Liam Neeson can say no every once in a while to a movie. Uh, so yeah, memory, I give a not good, good or not good, not good. Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. This is the Nicolas Cage movie. I finally got a chance to see that this week. Amazing. Loved every second of this. Um, yeah, couldn't ask for anything more in, in this movie. And you get a full on Nick Cage performance. Um, and, uh, and when I say that, I mean, you know, over the top and, and that, that's okay because, uh, that's what he's known for. And he, you also see homages to all of his big hit movies, you know, the rock con air face off. Um, and even Mandy, there's some good references and throwbacks to Mandy, which is such an awesome, uh, horror movie. So check that out. Um, and Pedro Pascal, he is so funny in this. I didn't know how funny he was, um, cause you see him in such serious roles, but yeah, just totally, there was some laugh out loud moments from him specifically that I just, uh, yeah, couldn't stop laughing. So there you go. Unbearable weight of massive talent, Nick Cage. Pedro Pascal, check it out. 
And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the podcast for the week. Thanks for checking out another episode and bearing with us. Um, I hope you had a great week and hope you uh, enjoyed the episode. We'll be back with another one next week. Um, and again, special thanks to Nalo and the Unis. Reach out at notgoodwithmat at gmail.com if you have any comments or concerns or uh, you know have any ideas for a future review. Um, would love to do it. So thank you for that. We will see you in a week. And as always, I love you. Yeah.